I'm Maggie Mestrich, the Director of Business Development for the Carmel Swim Club and Carmel Swim Academy. It is my great honor today to introduce the host of the newest swimming-centric podcast, Off the Deck. Here's Chris Plum. Thank you, Maggie. Excited to get this started, and uh, I guess we're going to dive into this interview. No I think so. Time. Thanks for joining me today. I, we have a mission in front of us right now. We want to get to know you a little bit more. Find out what Off the Deck is and learn why this was something you wanted to devote your time, energy, and expertise to. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So before we dive into your upcoming podcast project, Off the Deck, I'd love for our listeners to get to learn a little bit more about you. So can you share what you do and how long you've been part of Carmel Swim Club? Yeah, sure. Uh you know, I've been at Carmel Swim Club now, I think for 17 years, 15 years as head coach, uh, started out actually coaching, uh, what was then called our tiger sharks or nine tens. Um, so I really, you know, worked my way through this company to start the start almost at the bottom, so to speak. But, um, uh, but I've been here a long time. I love what I do. I'm now the head coach and CEO of the Carmel Swim Club. And with that is me being in charge of the whole entire club, but also dealing with all the business side of things. When I first started uh, as head coach, the board was a working board and would do a lot of the things. And now we've moved more, much more to a management style of things uh, where they, they manage what we do and they govern what we do. And I do the management day to day. So they decide why we exist as the board and I decide, um, how things get done and that's mm -hmm. really at the core of it that's what we do um and you know i love carmel i love what we do and i think we have a great thing going and i'm excited to share about you know why swimming is important why the journey and and you know why we do what we do wonderful well, let's let's even back up farther now where did you grow up yeah uh i grew up in buffalo new york actually called hamburg um, still a diehard Bills fan to this day, uh, for better or for worse, but mm -hmm. we're, we're on the uprise, uh, we're on the upswing here, but, uh, yeah, I grew up in Buffalo, uh, swam competitively, uh, in, in Buffalo, New York team called star swimming. Um, and we used to just train out of local high schools and junior highs, uh, much different than what we have at Carmel high school, this yeah. fabulous 50 meter pool that we have. Um, but, um, yeah, my earliest memories too, of swimming, um, I remember getting started in the water and just having this natural affinity for the pool. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when I was two or three years old, um, the story's told that we were vacationing, uh, and I kind of remember it, but I don't know if I really do, but uh -huh. <laughs> my dad, my dad would throw the keys to the bottom of the pool. And I remember being at this hotel pool outside. It was just off the beach and he would throw keys in the bottom. I would go get them and retrieve them. My grandmother, uh, just passed away this summer, but she would tell us, she loved telling that story. Yeah. How she would watch me as a little boy dive to the bottom and so excited to find these keys down there. So I love it. How did you get started making the move from getting keys from the bottom of a hotel pool into swimming competitively? What was that path like for you? 
Yeah, well, we uh, when I was six years old, we moved from downtown Buffalo out into the suburbs. My dad started his uh, family practice at our house, basically. And so um, I think my mom knew that I loved the water. And mm-hmm. she it was a tryout at the local junior high. And I remember going to do that tryout. It was called Amsdale High School. Um, I think it was called at the time Lakeshore Swim Club. And so... I just did probably what we do now, 225s, and I remember this pool and to this day, and um, I got on the team. So ever it was kind of like we never looked back from then, and, and, you know, the just always the water's been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little about the trajectory of your swimming career and how it all progressed for you? Yeah, um, you know, we, you know, being in Hamburg and Buffalo, New York, um, you know, we thought what was good swimming, but it, you know, we've learned a lot since then, but you know, I just grew up, we practiced four or five times a week. I was consistently in the pool during that time. I did, uh, soccer and baseball and tennis as well. So I, I, you know, did a lot of other sports, but, um, I think just slowly over time, it just got a little bit better and, and. That brought me to when I was in high school, I made my first junior national cut in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And then I remember uh, when the IU coaches came to watch me uh, to swim in a meet in Buffalo. And they're like, I remember my teammates like, hey, IU coaches are here. I'm like, oh, wow. Um, so, you know, that that success there in high school um, really led me to coming to IU. But at the time, like, we were at a program where we were training probably 15 hours a week, mm-hmm. uh, only five times a week. I know people, some might say only five, but like compared to what you know, the athletes do here in Indiana and in Carmel um, and what other people were doing around the country, we weren't doing much uh, compared to them. We didn't do doubles. We didn't have a 50 meter pool. We didn't have all these things, all these advantages that some of the places had. So I felt pretty fortunate uh, to be able to be recruited. And then my swimming career really took off at IU, um, being able to be an NCAA All-American, being Mm -hmm. captain, um, and just really kind of like falling in love with the sport in terms of like what it could do. And if I really committed to something, you could find the success that was available. And just the team camaraderie too, um, just it's it's hard to beat when when you kind of go through blood, sweat, and tears with your, with your buddies. And, and you just create this bond and um, just this natural affinity for the pool and to, for achievement and having a place where um, I could achieve all the things that I wanted to do. And I found that through the love of swimming. That's great. How did you then make the transition from being a swimmer and a student of the sport as an athlete to knowing that you wanted to coach and make a career out of it? Yeah, well, I mean, my father was a a doctor and i i always told people yeah i want to go to medical school Mm -hmm. Uh, this is what i want to do because i think that's what people wanted to hear yeah but somewhere in the back of my head i just was like i think i i love swimming and i think i would be a great coach you know i always enjoyed helping my teammates work on their skills and their things and we and we you know they kind of was the nerdy kid who would work on those things in practice (laughs) but um (laughs) You know, I always enjoyed helping people uh, too. Growing up, whether it was, you know, helping my grandmother at her house or helping our neighbor, 
or helping other people in the sport, both mentally and physically. Like I just, you know, my mom was a nurse. So I think there was just like, you need to give more of yourself to other people. There was mm -hmm. always this part of me that said, um, I, I get joined myself by helping others. And that's why I love what I do. And so to be able to do that in swimming. And so, you know, I took the MCAT. I was certainly could have gone to medical school, but I had another semester and I became the Bloomington South um, coach. Yeah. And it's so funny because just yesterday, uh, a guy named Joe Schroeder and Charlie Laughlin, they sent me a picture of them coaching their middle school kids. <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, it's come full circle. Yeah. I started there, you know, 22, 23 years old coaching mm -hmm. at Bloomington South. And now, now they have children and, and they're doing the same thing. So, um, you know, I just, you know, I think you combined the, that desire to help people with something you're good at. And I think mm -hmm. you, can, you have these unique combinations. I think that's where greatness uh, lies. And that's all I've wanted. Now it's like all I obsess over. So, <laughs> so you were at Bloomington South you eventually became the Tiger Sharks coach at, at Carmel Swim Club. What happened in between? What led you to that position at Carmel? Yeah, well, I went down and coached at the University of Miami in Florida. Um, and, you know, my wife and I, we had, a, we had a great time in Florida, but we had, a, we had our firstborn child. And she pretty much said, um, we're not raising a child here. <laughs> no family around that salary of an assistant coach. And I was club coaching. And so, um, she wanted to be around family. And I think mm -hmm. she knew like, given, you know, how much time that coaching takes away and she wanted to be around family. And, you know, I look yeah. back upon that and I totally get it. I mean, it's so much work to, to raise kids and you want to have that support. And so, we moved back to Indiana and that really led me to Carmel. I think I said, if I'm going to coach, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to find a place where, you know, kind of the ambition and, and desire to be one of the best matches who I am as well. And I don't know if I knew that at the time, but I think there was like this, this attraction that, that brought me to Carmel to doing that and put me on the deck at Tiger Shark coach. And then I became, I'm the head age, head age group coach. And then after that became the head coach. Yeah. And the rest is history. <laughs> so you've had a lot of success in that role, not just as the head coach of Carmel Swim Club, but also as the head coach of the Carmel High School girls and boys team. The girls just won their 35th consecutive state championship. The boys, their seventh championship in a row this past weekend. What are your goals for this program? What's next? Well, I mean, I think we always want to make sure we continue to grow and have success and continue to climb that kind of top ladder, uh, putting kids on the Olympic team or and having international success and representing our country, I think is also important to me. Mm -hmm. You know, my father uh, is in the military and I've always found that um, representing your country and doing the best that you can is important. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we want to grow the Carmel Swim Club when we want to we have a, we do a really good job of with the competitive swim program, um, you know, six to 18, we've had a lot of success with the high schoolers and the, and all athletes in that age group. But at the same time, we want to be able to, uh, live into our mission more fully. And that's teaching mm -hmm. excellence through swimming for life. And that for life part is the key part of that for us right now. We want to grow that part of our mission. So, we're going to build a new pool. And with that new pool, 
uh, we're to call it the Carmel Swim Academy. We want to be able to teach swim lessons and save lives and be the introductory place where people come to the water, right? We want that to be, when people think of the swimming and getting in the water, we want them to be a happy place, a, a, a positive association with the water. And, you know, right now we, we teach swim lessons at, at various places throughout Carmel. And one of those places is Carmel High School, but we want to create a more inviting place for people to come and enjoy the water. And so our goal here is to uh, create awareness for water safety yeah, and, uh, and to, to reach m more into our mission and to reach our community uh, at a deeper and broader level than we do right now. Mm -hmm. That's great. Do you have an all-time favorite Carmel swimming memory that you can share? An all-time favorite yeah. Carmel swimming memory. You hmm. just talked about the future and what's coming up. Let's let's think back a little bit about what this future is grounded in. Why why are yeah. you so excited to stay here and grow this? Well, I mean, I think I look back upon the memories. Um, you know, I think anytime I've seen an athlete do something that they didn't think they could do. Mm -hmm. um, and they get that look on their face, like that is a, a, a memory that just is so cool to me. I think when I've seen our athletes pick up trash after the state championship win, I mean, that's that just, you know, pulls at your heartstrings like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, what is so great that we've done. Um, there are other little things too, and I say little, and I don't mean little, but there's just been like steps when, um, you know, when Trish Regan got her first Olympic trial cut at Carmel yeah. High School, like that was a really special thing. Uh, Jesse Hamas got her first one. So that was like my first Olympic trial cut. So 2004, we didn't have any. 2008, mm -hmm. we ended up getting two. But watching those athletes get that. And then, um, you know, representing Team USA at Junior Pan Packs, that was a huge moment for me and, and pretty special. So I have so many special memories um, and they're all over the place in terms of like, sometimes they're nothing to do with swimming. You know, like yeah. The moments. And other times it's like, it is, it is that special thing where like, you know, it is a top, it is a gold medal, it is something. Cause you know how hard each of those people have worked and the community that helped raise them to get there. And it just takes so much. Um, there's so many special memories that I have. And that's why I love this place. Cause it's now it's really home. Yeah, definitely. Why don't we shift a little bit now and talk about this next endeavor, the off the deck podcast. Yeah. Why launch a podcast? It's not like you don't have anything else that you have going on here. Yeah. So I'm not busy at all. I, I got <laughs> so much room for this in my life. No, I mean, um, I just, I think there's a lot of reasons. A, I love talking swimming. I love mm -hmm. talking to people. I always love learning. Like learning is my number one word, like of things that I want to do. And I think this is a great opportunity to learn and to teach and to um, spread awareness about saving lives in Carmel Swim Academy. That mm -hmm. would be one. But to, to share the just like, the amazing things that swimming can do for you. And like, we need to take, again, you know, pardon the pun, but deep dives with people and like, how did you, how did swimming help you? And what did it do for you? And so many people accuse us of being a cult, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, I think there is this special affinity for the water and I want to share that people. And I want people to know that I want people to feel that. And I want it, I want to make a difference. And 
we can share our stories mm -hmm. uh, about the water and, and our development and using, you know, swimming as the vehicle for doing that. I think it's just a great opportunity just to uh, spread the word on that. It is. It's been, I've had the, the gift of perspective of talking to several of our alumni in the last couple months. And many of them have said, what makes Carmel Swim Club so special is that there's not a secret. We'll share knowledge about what we're doing in the water and we all grow stronger across our sport when we do that. What makes Carmel Swim Club special are the people and the stories and hearing those memories and how people have been able to come together. So the opportunity to, to share that and learn from other people and other organizations that are so special, I think will be, I think it'll be pretty fun for people to listen to. Who do you think will benefit from this show? Oh man, I think, I think if you, um, if you want to learn about the water, if you want to learn about Carmel swimming, if you want to learn about stories, if you're interested in that, I think this is for you. I do think that even in the general public, like you want an uh, inside view to what goes on or what makes us successful. Um, this will be inside into that. And mm -hmm. you're going to hear stories from former athletes, from parents and from coaches all through the country. And I think anytime you're talking with people on the front lines, I think who, or who have done it, there is so much you can learn, right? And there's value into that. And, you know, what we want to be able to do is keep this uh, consumable. I'm not here to, I'm not going to take the Tim Ferriss two and a half hour <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, you know, I do want to, you know, keep it to where, uh, hey, I got 30 minutes. I'm going on a walk. Let's let's put this on. Let's learn about what's going on at, at Carmel and and hearing from people. And, and that's what, I think that's what we hope to do. So what can listeners expect? Who might be on here talking with you? How often are they going to hear from you? What are what are you thinking? Our goal is to have once a week uh, talking with, you know, an athlete, a parent or a coach, um, just kind of sharing their perspectives um, and hearing from them about what they have to say about swimming, about Carmel, about life, right? And what are the life lessons they're taking away and how they're being successful and and just trying to have a little bit of fun with it too about, you know, we have so many different personalities in our sport and I think it's, it'll be great for more people to hear, hear from us, you know, and like we have a, a platform to do that with and that's what we're going to do. Wonderful. Okay. Something that I happen to know you're planning to incorporate into the podcast and a tool that you use regularly with your athletes daily yeah. sharing quotes. So I have yeah. two questions for you. Number one, why do you choose to incorporate quotes into your workouts and why are they kind of a signpost in your life? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you, what you've done is you're taking um, words, words have meaning, words have power. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that. And you get the opportunity with a quote to, to take what someone said in a unique way, probably with some credibility behind it. Like this person, probably accomplish something with their life and this is how they yeah. thought so you're getting a unique insight into words that have powerful that have stood the test of time otherwise you probably really wouldn't know that quote and so uh, you're you're gathering this insight and you're condensing so it's a powerful way just to say look this has stood the test of time in some way it has meaning it has value and it's usually concise and said in a, in a way that that can make an impact so I think that's why I like quotes so much. All right. So the second question then, if you could pick a quote for today, that's kind of guiding your life, setting the tone for today, what would that quote be? Oh, the gods favor the bold. Um, 
I mean, you just have to, we talk about it in practice and we talk about it even in this, in this business and what we're doing is like, you're, you have to go for it and you have to take mm -hmm. action and just continually talk about that message. Okay. So something else, I just have that little bit of insider information that I know you're planning to do in the podcast is to yeah. end each episode with a little bit of speed work, kind of yeah, some fun work, and right. fast questions mm -hmm. for your guests. Why don't we do a couple of those now? Okay, let's do you it. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Shallow end or deep end? Oh, I love the deep end. I feel like you swim in much faster in the deep end than you do in the shallow end. Oh, okay. Perfect I am order, if you could reorganize it. Well, we would get rid of breaststroke. <laughs> it would be gone. But I, knowing that, I would put breaststroke first so I could really maximize my start in the pullout. Oh. And then... And then um, I think I would go fly and then just feel the really back half the back and free. That's, okay. that's how I would do it. I was thinking how toasted your legs would feel doing <laughs> right from back into free. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think there's any way to avoid it. I might even go free back, you know, that way you could breathe more. At the oh, end. there you I'm go. Order there. Yeah. Okay. Maximize your underwaters on the backstroke and then just breathe, <laughs> breathe for 12 and a half yards. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> kickboard or no kickboard? Hmm. I like the kickboard. Okay. And, you know, I don't know if my kids will like to hear this. No, I mean, they probably would, but like, I like the kickboard because I can hear the music when I'm going. You know, <laughs> I like, you know, we go to these master's practices and there's no music playing. I'm like, God, I need some music here. So mm -hmm. I like the kickboard because I could hear the music when I was working out. Okay. That's a perfect segue into my next question. What's the worst possible song for you to hear pop on during a workout? Uh, well, being Rickrolled, I think is, the, is, is awful. I think anything with like soft eighties pop is just torture. Mm -hmm. uh, and you got to get that. You got to turn the dial in your head as soon as you can, when you hear that. So what do you like to tune into? What do you like for your kids to practice, you know? Well, you know, I had this personal thing where like, I try to subtly introduce good music to them. So they mm -hmm. know, um, and especially if they're doing longer sets and they're not going to hear it as much and I have to hear it on the pool deck. It's classic, put on a classic rock and just good music. Um, what I mean by good music, it's typically rock and roll, um, things like that. But I know if we're doing a set where they're here, where they're on the wall a long time, I'm making sure it's music they like. And it's uh, usually some sort of 2000s pop. Something yeah. like that. The girls really like One Direction and Taylor okay. Swift has been a very popular choice. <laughs> Perfect. Who would you like to do a social kick with? Who would I like to do a social kick with? And I, you know, we've had this debate about <clears throat> what to do social because would they actually have to be able to kick and swim? I think it can be, you can, they would be imbued with that ability no matter what. So it could be okay. anything. Well, yeah. you're dropping your big English words there. I'll do my years, best. So. <laughs> uh, I, I'll take the context and know what that means there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think I would like to sit down with Abraham Lincoln. I think he would tell, uh, you know, from the book I read, uh, the team of rivals, he, mm -hmm. he had some humor, but he also thought deep and hard and how to basically deal with the hardest part, I think, in American history with the Civil War and our splitting. So uh, I think I would go on a social kick with him. OK, very cool. Well, Chris, anything else you want people to know before we we close out today? Well, we hope a, that you join in and. Um, 
in, in, in taking this podcast. We're excited to bring it to you. And um, yeah, we're ready to dive in with this. That pun again. <laughs> yeah, that pun is coming up. I got a new one, right? You're ready to swim along we'll work that? on that. We'll work on that. Well, Chris, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Maggie. All right. We cannot wait to launch the Off the Deck podcast and bring you interviews from a variety of perspectives and leaders in our sport. Stay tuned for the premiere episode. Thank you.